All right, welcome to this episode of Art and Victory. Uh, I am joined by some fantastic panelists who will introduce themselves in a second. My name is Nabil Jamal, co-host of the OKC Foodcast, and go ahead. I'm Brian Gilliland with the OK Show Show podcast. I'm Anna Farha with Localites OKC. And I'm Kayla Coffey, also with Localites OKC. I'm Dennis Spillman with Tales Unveiled. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get this started. Uh, first, let's just talk about what got you started. And, well, probably first, what's your podcast about? So my podcast is uh, we explore the inner workings of the film and music industry in the Midwest, not just Oklahoma, but Texas and Kansas and Arkansas and New Mexico. There's a lot of surprising little film industry things happening all over the place so we kind of get into the nitty-gritty of that and then we play improv at the end of the show which is super fun that's fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> well our show um we started about two years ago and it's about local events and things happening in oklahoma city a uh, greater metro area so we cover new businesses restaurants breweries uh events put on by nonprofits, um, fundraisers, lots of different type of stuff that's happening around the city. Tales and Build is a docudrama. So myself and my co-host, we actually play fictional characters, but we interview real people about their ghost stories. So not as it just like a typical like interview series. Uh, there's a bit of a plot line and narrative, like why do we go to this place and why do we go to that place? So it just kind of just makes uh, telling of Oklahoma's you know, urban legends and spooky stories in just kind of a fun fictional way. Nice. All of those sound very interesting. Um, and you subscribe to all of them, don't you? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> so how'd you know? So uh, I think one of the most important and curious questions a lot of times what got you started? You know, what came, well, how'd you come up with this idea? Uh, how'd you actually get it launched? You know, that, I think that's big hurdle for a lot of people. So for Okie Show Show, uh, I actually came from terrestrial radio back in the day. And like, I just always really enjoyed that platform. Um, and then improv and all that kind of stuff. And, and since I work in the film industry, I work alongside all of these just nuggets of wisdom and joy that nobody knows about. Like, nobody gives a crap about the gaffer or the grip or the production designer or the, you know, just like the, the art worker or something like that. So that's where it started was wanting to kind of shed light, put a spotlight on these incredibly talented and also incredibly funny people um, and just kind of give the young people that are wanting to get into the film and music industry tips and tricks that... I didn't know whenever I was starting out, and I, it, 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 there, was a, there was a bit of bitterness <laughs> in me that was like, I wish I had something. I'm going to make that for the next generation. It's going to come from me, see? <laughs> and I turn do, into a... Do you use that voice on the I podcast? do. Every <laughs> time I get upset, I turn into either Dr. Farnsworth from Futurama. I don't know. <laughs> but, I was going to say Old Man Withers. Is how right, yeah. Coming up. I'll tell you a thing or two. So that's where it started, and then it's kind of grown over there. We, we're in season four, and we've been doing it for about five years now. And so it started off with having you know local film industry workers and local musicians and stuff on the show. And now it's gotten large enough where we're actually talking to 
Like I just talked, uh, we just had uh, Alex McNichol from, um, uh, oh shoot, he is from the show. He's on the fifth wave, the movie, but he was also on the show with Jeffrey Tambor, uh, where he plays a transgender. Transparent. Transparent. So he was one of the actors on Transparent. We've had one of the actors from Big Bang Theory on, and so it's just kind of grown over the, over the years. And all these people are still connected to Oklahoma, which is really cool. So it's kind of like the goal is to not just give people tips and tricks now. Now it's to inspire people to say, this could be you if you, if you put your mind to it and you do things wisely. Right, right, they did it, why can't you? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I love that story. That was great, especially the voices. So we don't have any do characters lots. to go along with ours, but um, we are our own exactly, we're the main characters of our own story. Um, so Anna and I were both kind of already the people to our friends and family and coworkers who knew everything that was going on, knew the hottest new restaurant, knew the new organization, knew you know all of the fun nonprofits to volunteer at and how to be involved in the community. And so we had been talking amongst each other about how to turn that into something else when someone called out Ferris O'Brien on Twitter for not having any female, or not very many, I think there was like one or two at the time, female uh, radio show hosts on the spy. And I tweeted him and was like, uh, Anna and I should have a show. We would totally show up and do that. Um, and Ferris was like, cool, sounds good. And a lot of other people were like, well, we want shows too. And so we ended up having this like whole meeting at uh, RIP Slaughter's Hall, where a ton of people came in and like pitched show ideas to the spy. And he was like super receptive and was like, whoever. It was a room of at least 20 people. Yeah, it was a lot of, there was like probably 10, 15 shows pitched. Oh wow, I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Ferris was like, anyone who wants to come by, record a demo. If you're serious, like let's do this thing. And we found out later we were the only people who actually followed through and recorded a demo. Um, but so we recorded our demo and he was like, hey, you know, this doesn't really fit for a radio show, but this would be perfect as a podcast. Because we were like trying to fit in a music element. Anna has a background in college radio um, and I took a class in podcasting. And so I kind of like knew what was going on. Uh, so we were the Spies first ever podcast, which was a lot of fun to help, you know, paved the way. There have been a couple more that have come, some come and gone, um, and whatnot, but uh, building a podcast out of a radio network has been like a really unique thing for us. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So you went through like a little podcast shark tank, and perseverance paid off, obviously. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say follow through paid off. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I have ideas. Ooh, people like want to know what I'm talking about. But yeah. it's like Anna and I were serious about it from the start, and we like wrote our script and did it. And I guess a lot of people didn't have that much foresight. They were just like, I want to talk about stuff. And They'll just really let me try. do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got started with Tales and Bale because I'd been kind of like listening to like all the local podcasts. And I was like, wanted to do, because I have a travel show uncovering Oklahoma. And that's what mostly people know me for. And I've kind of played around, maybe do a podcast for that. But I was like, no, there's, there's too many things that were similar to if... If I did Uncovering Oklahoma as a podcast, you know, I'd be, you know, with Local Lights and uh, all these other shows, kind of, I think it'd just be too crowded. And then... Yeah, we beat you to it. <laughs> kidding? <laughs> Thank you for bowing for that. <laughs> so I decided to go a different direction. I went to a direction that nobody else uh, was doing, and that was more of a kind of a fictional narrative, because... Uh, and as far as I know, no one's still kind of doing sort of a fictional-based podcast here in Oklahoma. Although we do, we interview real people about their ghost stories. You know, we have this fun 
you know, fictional twist to it with our host. Uh, Joff Deroot. <laughs> that's Sorry. Professor Joff Deroot. <laughs> My favorite ongoing joke. Yeah. And, and, and we just have stuff like that, and it just makes it more entertaining and it, just to showcase, you know, Oklahoma's history and ghost story and just kind of promote tourism and uh, in a different way. It's just been really fun and been really enjoying it. Nice. So um, let's go the other way this time. <laughs> All right. We were getting quite a pattern down. Uh, I mean, we can stick to it if you want. I was just trying to. We'll mix just it do up. a wave. <laughs> yeah. Just whoosh, whoosh. So uh, from the time you started to where you are right now, are you using? I think the another big hurdle that people face sometimes is equipment, right? What I used to record on. Obviously, it's not just good enough to record on your phone or uh, you know sitting out in the middle of a big room, it, you know, that's not good enough. So uh, what did you start with, and how did you make that better? I actually started recording with my video camera uh, for the first few episodes, and I, ha I happened to have, you know, good mics. I had a good, you know, like a boom mic, uh, that, and we just kind of like all shared that mic when we were doing interviews. And then eventually I upgraded into a, um, a Rodie H6 so I can have multiple microphones so everybody could have their own mic. And it was just audio, so the files were a lot smaller because I wasn't you know, having to record video files. So that made my life a little bit easier. And um, as for mics, I, I used you know, Shure, and I also got um, this one that I'm using right now, uh, Rode. <laughs> I, I love Rode. Uh, I use them for quite a bit of my stuff. So that's what I'm using right now. Okay. And what would you say like your investment in that was? Um, I don't remember. That's okay. We yeah, just... I would say uh, for like kind of just general rule of thumb. I mean, if you want like really good like setup, I would you know prepare yourself to invest like good like $500. You know, to get the mics, cords, and all of that fun stuff. But obviously, that's not like needed from the get go. No, right? and Once in you fact, get a little bit of traction. You kind of have a proven concept. You can be like, okay, and I can go ahead, and I feel a little more comfortable investing yeah. in this. And you could, um, I mean, I know you were harking on it earlier, but I mean, your phone, if if you get a good mic, because there's you know attachments for your phone, you can get a really good mic and use your phone as a recorder, and that works really well. So that's you know another you a lot cheaper barrier to do it that way that, and get that started. Yeah. So for us, um, the great part about us being part of the spy is that we get to use their studio, and we've started out with that, and that's what we still are using now. Um, we have. Well, there's two studios that are part of the spy and and we're in one of the recording studios and the mics are i know they are sure mics i just, i don't know what which ones they are um they're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean they they've worked well for us but and we haven't had to choose any of that because it it was provided it was for there. us so. and then we also have you know one of those boards that you slide things up and down on. <laughs> a mixer? A mixer, yes. Nice. We are not the technical people they when it comes it, to this stuff. Yeah, that's we're borrowing it all. So it's not like we went and picked it out and we're like, did research and we're like, this is the mixer that we want for our show for this. We're just like so lucky to have the radio studio and to yeah. be able to leverage their equipment for our show. 
I also want to add that there are several places, if you are starting and you do want to borrow equipment, there are several like businesses that are offering like podcast studios. So that's something uh, if you are interested is to search around. Yeah, Citizens Bank. Citizens Bank Bank of Edmond is doing that. Yeah, um, I know some other places are going to be offering it soon i've been heard and i think and there's some places i probably i'm not aware of, but that is another option for some people too yeah, a lot of co-working yeah. spaces yeah co-working yeah uh, a little studio that you can rent out for hours at a time yeah it's really nice i need to get a list of those if you could write them all down that'd be great <laughs> now so for me uh i fortunately i'm also a professional sound mixer and boom operator for film so i have like <laughs> industry standard mics for field stuff, uh, whenever I first started out, I was using dynamic mics just like this, the SM58s. Uh, now, I'm with the Mostly Harmless Media Network, so we are we pretty much just use their stuff, which are all Rode mics. Fancy pants. It's fancy. <laughs> it's real fancy. It's, it's nice. Um, but at whenever we're doing Skype interviews, which now we're doing a lot more of, uh, we have the SM7Bs, which are the radio mics that you guys probably have at the Spy. And that's just, that, that's, I don't recommend that. <laughs> if, you're, if you're wanting to start off in podcasting, I wouldn't recommend dropping thousands of dollars. I was just fortunate in that that's what I do for a living, so I already had a, you know, a load of equipment um, for the transition over but there was a bit of a transitionary period of using these handheld mics and then throwing it all in post and using Audition. I edit on OB Audition and everything. It's going to be the next question. Stop jumping ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw a little EQ on there, some mastering, and it makes it sound nice and slick. Nice. Um, uh, something to add. I started with a Blue Yeti, and it's like a $100 nice. microphone. Right? Great for one or two people. As soon as you jump to that third person, tanks. So, uh, just an option if you're one person. So you kind of touched in this, touched upon this. What do you use uh, to edit your files after they're recorded? Adobe Audition, CC, <laughs> 2019. About to get, about to be upgraded. Whenever this comes up. All right, I'll handle ours for us. So we uh, record everything in the Spy Studio using Cool Edit Pro. And sometimes if we have time, we'll stay there, edit with that. But generally, we're recording late at night and we come out early the next morning. And so we'll export all those files and I'll just pull it into GarageBand on my Mac and throw it all together that way. And then upload it to SoundCloud. Dude, GarageBand is it's, it's way better than people. And I'm talking like even from the professional standpoint, yeah. like GarageBand is totally acceptable. Like I'm shocked at how... <laughs> Well, no, I mean, like, I'm really shocked at, like, even from the music production yeah. uh, well, capabilities that you can do all of sorts like, of stuff. Extra stuff. Like, it's mostly yeah. just our, our vocals, our interviews, and then we have a transition music. But, like, we're not, like, throwing in a bunch of sound effects or, like, things that maybe you would need a more sophisticated thing for. Um, ours is pretty rudimentary as far as the actual sound files go but we're still very proud to be able to have such a quick turnaround time. Yeah. That's it. You said you, you guys record and then you turn it around the next day? Yeah. That's the crazy. Next morning. That, that's yeah. impressive. My, my hat comes off to you because I can't do that. I yeah. would do it that night, except that I'm too tired. Right. I, I, it's easier to get that's up That's my early. problem. <laughs> I'm lazy. Yeah, my podcast takes a good day or two to edit because, you know, I add music and dramatic pauses and then I stop and, you know, record some narration to, like, describe 
what people look like or what the scenes like. I use uh, actually I use Final Cut Pro, which is more for film, um, but it helps me visualize, um, and I can like make like little um, like video tracks, and it's also super helpful. Like I can also export the podcast as a video file to make like little things for social media. So that's partly why I use it. Um, yeah, I think for for those that are starting out, GarageBand costs how much to download? It's like it's free. Yeah. It's free. Yeah, it's free if you have it's free, free yeah. people. <laughs> Use your phone to record. You put it on GarageBand. You throw it out. Done. You're good to go. SoundCloud. Boom. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, that's actually, so do you use SoundCloud as well? Because I know some people don't, and that's a choice that we made to get our RSS feed out. I'm sorry, I'm, like, going to jump on there. It's all right. That's all right. I just, like, want to know. I mean, that's the progression, right? You recorded it, you edited it, where do you upload it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, whenever I started out, um, I used Squarespace to get it out on iTunes, and iTunes was kind of, like, the, the main export. Um, I didn't jump on the SoundCloud band, bandwagon until probably about a year ago because I realized how much of a tool it is. It, SoundCloud is incredibly effective. It's easily searchable. You don't have to have an iPhone to be able to listen to this stuff. Now we're on Libsyn. So Libsyn puts out all of our stuff to like every you know Stitcher, every downloadable podcast platform known to man. But I even then, I still had to go in there and say, put this on SoundCloud, you. And that's how I did it. I gave that Libsyn a talking to. I uh, I started out using Podbean just because I wasn't familiar with it. And then I was paying, like, you know, all this extra money for hosting it. And then I was like, well, why don't I just put this on my actual website? And I started doing it that way, which is a lot harder if you don't, if you're not, really like a technical person uh but it's cheaper is the benefit because uh, instead of paying two hosting providers i'm just paying my one website hosting provider and granted you, uh, you do have to get the rsv rss feed and submit it manually to you know stitcher and you know spotify and all so you of that do it manually to spotify no matter what it yeah. seems like yeah and spotify is tough to get on uh, for for me like on our our show we do Every once in a while, we do script reads for licensed material and stuff like that. And Spotify is really hardcore about licensed material. So if you are wanting to get on Spotify, just know that you probably should not use licensed music unless you have you know, the proper paperwork. Because we're still not on Spotify. Five years in, we're still not on Spotify. Those sons of guns. <laughs> It was the last one we were able to get on, yeah. um, but we, we started out with SoundCloud, and we still host it through SoundCloud, but it was always also through Apple and then Google Play and eventually Spotify, yeah. But, but yeah, SoundCloud has worked pretty well for us. And if you're wanting to get on iTunes, I, it's kind of interesting to me because it seems like there's a perception that to get on iTunes... You know, you have to you have to be somebody, and that's not the case at all. If you get on, if you have a Squarespace website, it's actually there's an RSS feed feature built in, so that you could submit your RSS feed through your blog site, through your blog page, to iTunes. And it does take some time for them to go through and approve it and everything. I think for us, it took about a month or two. And it's they've gotten a lot faster because yeah. I when I did art and victory like it was a couple days yeah. uh, and that seems to be pretty standard around all across the board through all the platforms it's gotten a lot easier like 
to get on Spotify now. They've kind of updated and make much more publicly accessible. Because originally on uh, Spotify, you had to have like six episodes. Yeah, and but like now, X amount of downloads. Yeah. And it was crazy. And now they just made it, they just kind of opened up the floodgates essentially and let anybody up submit. With them. Yeah. Those with, sons of guns. With, with <laughs> Apple though, um, our cover photo is still wrong for half of the people and we can't really? figure out why. We I, changed I had it that issue too, yeah. Five episodes in, we had a new title card. And for, mm. I would say, about half of our people, it's still not right, even though I've submitted it, like, probably, you know, five or six times over the last two years. I think that's the most <laughs> annoying part about any of the iTunes and Google Play is that it, there's that lengthened turnaround time. It just takes forever to get, for stuff to get done. Whereas with SoundCloud, you, you, you can change your photo in constantly. real time. Yeah, you yeah. can change your photo for every single episode. Yeah. And they're super chill with it. Yeah. Nice. I need to get on SoundCloud. But there's also a WordPress plugin. It's called Simple, Simply Seriously Podcasting, and that's what I use. It gives you an RSS feed, and you can plug it into wherever you need to plug it into. So. Yeah, mine's a WordPress. I use uh, Pod, Podlove uh, is the one that I use. Yeah. Another benefit, before we move on, another benefit of SoundCloud is that you can actually track your download numbers. Yes, you can. Which you cannot do on iTunes, and it drives me freaking yes. bonk. I can yes. zero in on the country that downloaded my freaking episode. And how long they listen to it. Right, but they will, they will not release your <laughs> subscription numbers. Yeah. Like, I think we're doing well. Yeah. Right. So, Simply Seriously Podcasting has Simply Seriously stats, and they track listens. But yeah. that's whenever someone listens to it, not how long or if they actually listen to the whole thing. Right. You hit play and stop, you'll get a listen. Yeah. I that's don't awesome. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like something's showing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how long on average, I mean, you have a super quick turnaround time. You record the night before and you release the day, the morning after. Um, how long does it usually take you to get an episode out? And let's talk about the formats of the show, because yours is a weekly show, and um, you know you have seasons. So let's talk about the format. How did you come to this conclusion? And walk us through that process. Can we jump in quickly, since the first half of ours is answered? Uh, <laughs> Wednesday night recording, Thursday morning it comes out. Um, we start off the show with what we did the week before, and so it's very conversational between us. What's going, what's going on? Where we volunteered? Where we ate lunch? Like, kind of a look into our lives in case you weren't watching our Instagram stories. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's a really fun part, especially if we weren't together and we get to like catch up with each other. And so that's great. And then and we to recap the things that we probably talked about on the show the week before that we actually went to yeah yeah <laughs> hey we talked about this and said we would go and that's like holding us accountable we actually we went. actually do things we made it. <laughs> um and then we go into our rundown of events and that's this is anna does so much research for the show every single week coming up with events thursday through the next wednesday that are kind of uh, the exciting things that we think you should know about and we think that our audience is definitely going to enjoy going to and so we want them to hear about it. We do a condensed version on the show and then we have a full version every week on our blog and then on our Twitter thread of events because uh, sometimes, especially like some Saturdays and Sundays, it, we could do nothing but talk about events for 15 minutes. 
Um, and then we move into our our interview portion. And so we always interview someone. Um, if we have a theme to the episode, it's related to that. If it's somebody opening a new business, one of the business partners, um, or someone hosting a large event, we have on people from uh, the nonprofit that it's benefiting, the co-chairs of the event, something like that. And then we wrap everything up with our happenings, which is where we keep everybody in the know about what new businesses are have announced that they're coming into the Oklahoma City area or businesses that are closing uh, so people stay on top of that because it's impossible to keep up with everything. We do a really good job of trying to have it all in one place for you. And so with the amount of work we put into it, we can't imagine the layperson doing that on their own. The, the people that don't believe there's a lot happening in Oklahoma, there's a lot happening in Oklahoma. So so much. I, like I said, I'm having a hard time, too, keeping up with everything. And then especially with the flood of new restaurants that's just been opening up. It's been crazy. But yeah, uh, yeah. So for uh, us, uh, it it we're probably one of the longer productions that t- uh, in terms of like how long it takes us to make an ap- an actual episode because it is you know partly fictional. Most of our script and stuff is a lot of improvised. Um, some of the narration, you know, I do script that out. Um, but a lot of times we're just kind of like finding the story as we go along and do it. And you know, we schedule an interview. I spend a, like a half a day to a full day editing it. Then I send it over to Jeff and he listens to it and gives me feedback. And then I'll either change things or make things and then send it back to him. And and then uh, then it goes up online. I do it in seasons uh, because, again, it takes you know, a good three days to, you know, three, four days to make one episode. So we just do like 10 to 12 episodes a season. Um, so this year we're pushing for we'd been doing weekly episodes and we just record a whole bunch of interviews all at once. And I've just been editing them uh, in between my, all my other shows that I do. And that's just kind of how our workflow is. Nice. See <clears throat> doing fictional or doing uh, production, like stuff that has like actual production to it is, it takes a lot of work. It is very time consuming. Which is, that's dude. That's why we decided early on to do just improv. Like we, because we do little uh, sketches and stuff on our show, but it's just it's improv. So like, there's no writing involved. It's just us pulling stuff out of our butts. But our format has actually changed quite a bit since its conception when we started back in 2015. Um, originally, it was just me hosting, and we would I would have guests on. And we would talk about a particular topic, but then I, I had jokes written in, and it was... Ugh. <laughs> you don't have to go there, back right? and listen to old episodes of Okie Show Show, because we've, we've improved, thank God. Well, I know what we're doing on the drive home. <laughs> right, right. I feel go like to episode everyone, one and listen how bad it is. Everyone says that. Whenever they're like, hey, I've been doing podcasting, or we're X amount of episodes in, don't start with the first one. Yeah, yeah, start yeah. With the, yeah. Well, yeah, because like when I started out, I was like, "This is gonna be like a talk show." I had like all my cards and everything, and like I just really overthought it. Now, fast forward, you know, four years in, now what we do because we would also have the guests do improv, and if there's one thing uh, that is extremely terrifying, it's doing improv out of nowhere with no experience whatsoever. So like. Me and the co-host, Kelly Lawson, we've been performing improv for like a decade now. So for us, it's super, super comfortable. But for, you know, if we were just to have you guys on, be like, okay, so now we're in a laundry room and you just found a gecko. Go! 
that's kind of terrifying. <laughs> well, I've actually done improv, and I did pretty good when I was yeah. on your show. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're like a more prepared guest. Yeah. I would so, like to try it. I took one improv class, and I enjoyed my parts, but everyone else kept messing stuff up, but it was so stressful for me. So I'm like, I won't do improv with strangers. Improv is super, super fun, uh, but it can also, it can either be super, super fun, or it can be absolutely terrifying. Uh, if you've seen the Joker when he bombs, it feels like that. But... <laughs> So, I would be the one that would just freeze. Right. Ah, uh, yes. And. Uh, <laughs> but so now what we do is we have the guests come on the show and we just, we just do an interview with them. Uh, we, you know, talk about our topic and everything. And that usually lasts for about, I always tell them, we're going to record for 30 minutes because it always ends up being 45. So we, we thank the guests. They say goodbye. They leave. And then we record our improv section, which is just about, 10 minutes, and then we have an improv or uh, an intro banter, which is about five minutes. So all together, it adds up to at least an hour-long episode. And with the improv section, now what we do is I actually put sound effects and do some production stuff into it. So it's you know it's it's like listening to Who's Line, but with sound effects and stuff. And it's kind of a it's kind of slight sidebar, like. You know, since my job is sound, like it's kind of, it's really important for me for each of those episodes to sound as good as humanly possible because it's a calling card for, for You've me. You've gotten hired because of your podcast. I totally too, have. You know? Yeah. I've gotten like paid work from, um, you know, from movies and stuff because they've listened to an episode of the podcast and been like, could you do production audio? I'm like, heck yes, I can. <laughs> You're like, why do you think I'm doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It was all part of the plan to begin with. <laughs> nice. So you kind of touched upon this, something um, that you learned through your journey of podcasting. Um, if there's something else you'd like to add to that, you know, go ahead. Or if that was your biggest takeaway so far. Um, but then, you know, we can go, kind of go down the line and you can tell us what, what a golden nugget that you've picked up in your years of podcasting. I think the the most important thing that I've taken away from it is um, to stop obsessing over your numbers. Because if you come at it from a standpoint of everyone wants to listen to what I have to say, and then your numbers come in and you're like, no one wants to listen to what I have to say, like it's going to make you want to quit real fast. So... <laughs> Uh, I, I always tell people, like, you know, whenever you're even on that episode one, it's going to just accept the fact that it's going to sound like crap. Your first 10 episodes are going to sound like crap. You're not going to poop out a nugget of gold the first time. Just like if you ever attempt stand-up, you've got to be willing to suck before you get good. That's how you get good is by accepting failure and accepting just sucking for a little while. So treat every, every episode like it just it has a thousand downloads and it's just, it's, it's great. <laughs> and, but you know, be self-aware of, of its quality and take lessons from that. Don't get bitter from the lack of listeners or, you know, your incredible numbers of listening and just keep trucking forward. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And, and not to like dissuade, uh, it's going to sound like crap, but it's all going to be relative. Right. right, you look you look back at it a year down the line, you'll be like, "Oh, I see how much I've improved," which is yeah, a good thing. that's the nature of yeah. improving. Yes, is like at some point you have to have been bad yeah. to to improve. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, as you do it, you get better, and uh, it's always a learning process. Right, 
mean, I like to think we did start out amazing. Um, for yourself. <laughs> it was perfect. Perfect, no, I tell um, you. I haven't, changed, I haven't changed a thing. <laughs> it's, we've definitely improved as far as, it, not as much on mic. I think it's more like what we do off mic and how we schedule our guests. Um, in particular, in the past, we would... I mean, we plan out pretty far in advance, um, like a good three months usually. And with a weekly show, like we know what's coming up, what time of year it is, who we want to have on for certain types of things during certain times of year. So we plan things out very far in advance. Plus with specific studio time, it's like here's when we will be at the radio studio. That's, I don't know how other people do it, but we're like, we have to record this tonight because yeah. it comes out tomorrow yeah. <laughs> so we have to plan it in advance and you only have like a certain block that you can go in and record exactly because yeah. other people yeah. are using the studio it's a whole radio station when we're not there <laughs> <laughs> and so with that we do other things <laughs> yeah we've kind of had to it's like in our minds it's like okay we're planned this far out but we don't actually reach out to the guest until maybe a month out because if it's too far out it's like they think they can do it, but then something comes up or if, or they'll forget, or if it's too close, then obviously we're panicking because we're planners. So we have to have that kind of buffer. But, um, we've found that like that kind of one month to three weeks out really seems to be a good sweet spot because again, we do know when we need to record. And so we're, we're like, we can either do this Wednesday or this Wednesday, like when can you come? And if not, we can make accommodations when we need to, but it's really just following up with people in a timely manner, reminding them about things, um, when to show up, where to show up. We kind of do like a guest agreement that we send to people of like, these are the things you should be aware of, like that kind of helps make it like we're showing how serious we are about it. Yeah, I was just going to say, taking it seriously from the start, I think, was huge for us. Coming up with our format, sticking to our format. Of course, we're flexible when we need to be, but really having a vision for it and sticking to doing it consistently. Um, we had exactly one episode in the last two years and two months that we did not come out, and our numbers dropped so dramatically from that. It was And it was Thanksgiving Day, We because it's a Thursday show. It was our first year, our first Thanksgiving Day that we didn't have an episode, and just like watching those numbers plummet, we were like, we got it, we got to keep that consistency. So now we have like Friendsgiving episode on Thanksgiving, and we're out if it's a holiday, like whatever it is. The way people listen to podcasts, it's like, sure, it's Thanksgiving, but you still have to drive to see your family or hide from your family later in the day when you need a break from them, and you got to go put your headphones in in the back bedroom or whatever whatever. So no, that's, is that just me? It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but uh, having that consistency to it. And I know uh, we've seen with some other podcasts that can be where, where people struggle. And so I think that's something we had from the beginning and something that we've learned was a good thing that we've done being like hard asses about our consistency. <laughs> nice. I think that is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency. I, 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 this year we've been doing it on every Friday. You know, when our first season, we kind of did like every other Friday. And I think doing you know, just as long as you're consistent helps tremendously. Uh, another thing um, on terms of scheduling that I've liked, um, it feels, one thing I, I learned was like, sometimes it feels weird or like insulting to send reminders to people. So I've, I, I've 
I've kind of, so if you're in that situation where you feel like weird, like to remind these people, like, Hey, you got this thing. Uh, I actually word it in such a way where I'm not like reminding them. I'm, I basically say, Hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you at such and such time. If anything comes up last minute, here's my cell phone number, you know, give me a call. Cause I, and I'm also kind of like you, I kind of, you know, I have like a, calendar of like all right these are things i want to do for you know uncovering oklahoma and tales of bail and all my other shows and then but so i don't contact these people you know until because if it's so far out it's they're you know they're not gonna remember and all of that i try to give them at least you know a couple weeks out in advance for interviews uh, another thing i, I want to add for people that are they want to do a podcast but they don't like the sound of their voice or something. Get over Get it. Over it. Yeah. Yeah. Get, yeah. You're going to be listening to a lot of it. <laughs> and here's another, just wear headphones. Uh, when you're, if you're like the host, like wear headphones and listening to yourself and actually like listen to the whole thing as you're editing it, like you will get so much better on, you know, how to pronunciate, like yeah. just by doing Isn't it. Isn't it yeah. amazing how much like you, you, Start as you are editing your episodes and you start listening to the way that you talk, you realize how insane you sound. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I have a mental problem. I say love it right. way too many times and I can't stop. But it's because I like, well, I, I listen back to some parts if I need to, but I usually just put our episode together and get it up and I'm like, we just did it. It's we, fine. We kind of we edit as we record it too. Yeah. So we can. Which really, we don't have to edit that much because um, we like it to be conversational and we're okay with if we mess up a little bit. Like, doesn't have to be perfect and we've made peace with that. And I think it's made our show better. I will say on a technical side for you, if you do hate your voice, proximity effect is a thing. So eat your mic whenever you're recording your own voice. Eat your mic because losing that low end is going to make you sound tinny. In your own head, when you listen to your own voice, your voice is inside your head. So there is bass happening inside your head. There is bass happening the closer you are to your mic. So the farther you are away from your mic, the lower, the, the less low end you have. So if that makes sense, eat your mic. It'll sound a little better. <laughs> It'll sound a little more like how it sounds in your head. I also highly recommend listening back to your episode itself. Like, I tend to black out when we're recording. The next day, people will be like, who'd you interview? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, was, was I there or something? I don't know. Whatever. Um, so I always try to listen back to it when I'm writing our blog post about it so I know what the heck we said. Um, and then I think I you've just been drinking very heavily <laughs> the entire time. Only I like just get blackout drunk for every episode. But, but it's supremely entertaining. Only when people bring us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Only when we interview breweries, which is half the time. It's fine. Um, I notice the quite a few breweries all the time. <laughs> right? um, or people that also like breweries and bring us beer. We do love beer. Um, but no, but then I listen back and sometimes, especially, like I have a favorite episode where I'm like, God, I was so hysterical on that. I'm like, good job, me. How'd you even do that? I did awesome. <laughs> so you can either, like maybe I'm just super self-centered and narcissistic, but like you can grow to love your voice. Yeah. I think so. Oh, no. I mean, like, to, I mean, like, I think that that's a natural thing if you've been doing your own show for, you know, years. If you, ha if you still despise the sound of your voice and you've been doing it for, you know, several years first of all hats off to you to listen to something that you hate for that long 
<laughs> maybe, maybe they don't God listen to it. Bless. They just put it on and set it and forget it. Yeah. God has cursed me. Yeah, I even do like some quick mic tips with my guests. Like, hold the mic with one hand. Don't hold it with two. Because when people hold it with two hands, like they make so many noises. Just I'm like, I give them some basic rules because you are used to doing things, but your guests they're not used to being on mic. So yeah. you kind of got to go over some of that etiquette rules with them. Using those arms, using mic stands and stuff is fantastic. Because like whenever Okishosho started out, everybody was on handheld mics as if we were all individual stand-ups. Mm-hmm. And like all you can hear through those episodes is just the clink, 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 clink of jewelry and just cabling and everything. And then I would go in there as, you know, like, all right, I'm a sound guy. It's going to sound good. No! And it just sounds awful. And having to go in there and, like, take each one of those pings out and stuff. Ugh. Yeah, we also give mic tips to our guests. And we, you know, we'll te- we do kind of do a little mini test where we just make sure that, because we do have the mics that are in whatever holds them. Um, <laughs> Those things are real cool. Yeah, so we just kind of move that around and make sure it's right for them. Like, we don't want them touching it. And then <laughs> we... <laughs> Treat your guests like they're... Like three-year-olds. <laughs> like they're, like, yeah, like they're small yeah, children. All right, well, don't like, touch that. Don't... Yeah, because <laughs> then if they... They might have some kind of nervous tick, and they might be, like, tapping on the table in front of them or doing things that that are distracting and so we try to kind of warn them about the things to be to be aware of how do you guys mic check with your people because we have a really fun routine that we do and i just want to see like what you guys do for me i i mic check everything prior to the guest actually showing up because like for for us uh my goal is for the guests to show up hi nice to meet you this is what's going to happen have a seat here we're going to be doing this for so long we're rolling go and then cut and you buy yeah, I usually just ask them about some of their favorite foods or just kind of touristy questions just to kind of get to know them in a way. Just yeah. That way they're speaking naturally because mm-hmm. uh, if I have them like, check, check, check. Like, you do, you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Test, test, it, well, it's important one, to kind of, yeah. yeah it never it, sounds is it time? Same. Are yeah. we on yet? Yeah. Like, what? yeah. I think it is important to kind of shoot the, you know, shiz a little bit with your, yeah, shoot the breeze. Yeah. I got to, we cuss on my show, so. <laughs> we do on ours too. Yeah. I already did earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah. We had but, to check uh, that explicit rating on like episode three. Where, like, oh, fuck. for sure. Yeah. Well, and it's really funny because like every once in a while, I'll try to get, I'll try to get somebody from here. like a church to come on and they'll be like, so do you guys cuss on the show? I'm like, I'll bleep it. <laughs> You're not going to go to hell if you come on the podcast, I swear. Promise it'll be fine. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've started this thing. I can't remember. Who, we did somebody steal it from it. Yeah. yeah. We stole it from a guest who was like, well, here's how I always start off. So we get them in, we go through everything, we explain it, but then when we're getting all the levels right, because we have the same mics that we use for everyone or that are in use in the studio before we get there, so we're getting all of the levels and everything appropriate on the mixer, um, we ask everyone what they've eaten today. Ah. And so I wanted... Natural conversation. And hysterical, because people eat some weird stuff. (laughs) And that's, we, we don't... In weird combinations. In weird combinations. Right. We haven't been recording it, but now I'm like, we need to start recording it and then have yeah, like... We have the, like, the, for a while. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Anna. I hope you're saying <laughs> Surprise! That. Surprise! They're so all coming gonna, out tomorrow. Yeah, like have a really fun episode where it's just all of our guests from the past six months and the weird things that they ate that what, day. What, what Oklahoma eats. Yeah. <laughs> 
should be a segment on the show of just like uh, the unbeknownst guest. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we won't. Little yeah, did they know. We won't tell them. <laughs> food tips. I like to have cold pizza with ranch dressing from three weeks ago. <laughs> or it'll be like like a tuna salad sandwich and a piece of pie. <laughs> with peanut butter of on course. the tuna salad sandwich. I, I've asked people like, so what you have for breakfast or lunch? And like, oh, I haven't eaten anything yet. I'm yeah. like, how do you, how do you survive? How, do you do that. how do you function? And you're like, sometimes. Yeah. And we record at night. We do too. And it's like, I better not hear your stomach on this mic. Like. Right. Uh, how often do you guys, do y'all edit out any of the, the mouth gurgles? Only if they're really bad. Sometimes if, if we have people that do the... <laughs> before every... Oh, hi. I'm, oh, oh, today I'm Kayla. <laughs> I can't edit My favorite is the... Uh, stop. But then we start doing it. Right. That one's one that's like... That's so interesting. Yeah, contagious. The, yeah. the worst for me is the nose whistles. Because like... God bless him, because oh, I that. set myself up for failure, because I tell these people, okay, now eat the mic. Hey! Hey! I didn't say snort the mic. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can hear that. your nose hairs vibrating. <laughs> yeah, I would cut out the uh, excessive ahs, mms, buts, and the yeah. clicks, if I can. I try to leave a little bit every now and then, depending on like how it transitions from one thing to the next, just to make it sound more natural. But I try to go through and cut that out because it also like shortens the podcast too, especially if you just want to like, you can cut like a minute of that stuff out yeah. sometimes. Yeah, there, there's a surprising amount sometimes in there. Excessively uh, long pauses for uh, us. They're like, um, <laughs> and then they're like, I totally, notes, and you're like, Anyway, while they're, <laughs> yeah. it's fine. They're not checking their notes or anything. We just like wanted to talk again. Yeah, yeah. I'll cut out excessive because I'll have excessive pauses too from every now and then because like we think you know we're not sure if they're done telling this story you know or stuff like that. Well, especially as an interviewer, sometimes like you ask a question and then the answer and a little interview tip for your listeners is to don't respond right away. Like give, let those pregnant pauses breathe because they may have more to say. Oddly enough, the human, like just the way that human beings communicate, we don't like dead silence. So as an interviewer, shut up and, <laughs> and let the person talk. And they'll, you know, sometimes the best nuggets of whatever they have to say happens right after that pregnant pause. Sometimes they're not good at being interviewed at all. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> sometimes it's people who for whatever reason, are responsible with being the one to be interviewed and maybe shouldn't be. And you have to deal with that also. How to make them try to be somewhat successful interview. Yeah. It's even worse when they're on camera. Oh, they're they're sure. super that's nervous. Whole, like I have to sit there and coach. Like I always tell my guests for uh, Uncovered Oklahoma, I was like, this is not live. <laughs> we can edit things. And I will make them do multiple takes sometimes, just if they if they fumble, because yeah. you know I want them to look good and they, they and they appreciate it in the end. That's actually why we stopped doing because we used to broadcast our our uh, episode recording sessions on Facebook Live, and we stopped doing that because like to introduce way too much flap sweat. I'm just like. <laughs> Because they think that, uh, like, the, the, unfortunately, I'm a bad communicator. So, like, that was the one part that I always forgot to tell them. Hey, you're going to be on camera. <laughs> Some might be something they'd like to know. Like, granted, we don't get a whole lot of hits on YouTube. It's more for SEO purposes and all that kind of stuff to put video out on our website and all that. Um, 
which I'm sure we'll get to SEO and marketing. No, but <laughs> I give him that eye contact, like, come back yeah. to that soon. <laughs> but in it for the guest, what the last, uh, that's another thing that I've learned is, like, give them as much information, including the fact that they're going to be on freaking camera. Like, don't blindside your guests. Yeah. A couple uh, good things that I've picked up, at least I think they're good, is not to over-edit, because then it just doesn't sound natural. And... Um, just leaving some of those ums in there because it's natural, right? Yep. Yeah. So, SEO. We did talk about it. You touched upon it. Uh, SEO. You can, you can create the best podcast in the world, but if no one's listening to it... If is no it, one can find it. If no one can find yeah, yeah. it, is it even alive? So how do you ah, get the word that out? All the, if the podcast is not heard, does it exist? Exactly, argument? Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> how do you get listeners how do you get that user base you know what did you do you, uh, just kind of a general marketing thing you got to throw out some modesty like you need to like push it like every time you release a new episode push it on your personal social media every every episode because you know with and you you think maybe everyone's listening to it they're they're not because if Even you're on social media like they me? don't see yeah. it all the time Even too your, your best friends your husband your big brother, sometimes they don't listen to it. And then you have to explain the same stories that you just recorded for all of the public to hear. <laughs> Why aren't you my number one fan? <laughs> Why aren't you sharing this on your Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't agree with that yeah. more. That's something, uh, Anna and I both come from communications backgrounds, and so that was something going into this. We knew before we, I mean, we recorded our demo and then I think one more test show. Uh, but we were like, no, before we knock down our social media, we were like, let's ha grab up all of our social media handles. Let's grab up our Gmail address. Um, we did take a year to get our website up and our blog because we were like, we're not going to do a blog. We don't want to be a blog. And then we were like, oh, my God, this would be so much easier just put into a blog and link to <laughs> So we did that for our own sake, and it helps a ton with SEO. Um, but just like being present on social media, finding your fans where they are. I know Instagram has been a huge platform for us, um, and it's super great because it inter integrates perfectly with our SoundCloud. So I can share our SoundCloud in our story every Thursday morning whenever our new episode comes out. And then we do a post that's slightly different across each channels as well as a blog post each morning so that we're always hitting people where they're at. Nice. Well, and using the right hashtags helps a lot um, because we have a lot of content that's related to food or that's related to beer and just those hashtags that people are using, like, can't think of any offhand, but... Food. Like, Drink OKC, <laughs> OKC yeah. Foodies, yeah. Brunch, mm -hmm. OKC yeah. Podcast, Oklahoma Podcast. That's something that I did for any of our content surrounding this event here today. And so I actually have a giant hashtag document because I'm a social media manager by trade for a living. Uh, so I'm insane about hashtags. But then I pick out and I copy and paste in the right ones that are relevant to the content that we're talking about at that time. And then we see about 20% of our traffic on our, at least our Instagram posts from outside people that are finding us from the hashtag that weren't already following us. So that's how you're going to bring in new people. And then people are like, oh, what is this? Oh, it's a podcast. Oh, and then we have our link tree in our in all of our um, 
bios with our link and so that links out to where you can get it on itunes and google play and stitcher and spotify and all of the different nice. places and just meeting people where they're at the number one question i think we get when people come in to record for us is when is this going to be on because we record at a radio station so people are always like when's it going to be on the radio and we're like oh <laughs> it's going to go on the internet forever <laughs> And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a sweet spot to hashtags. Oh, yes. Right? Well, you're going to get cut off at like 50. I would say about <laughs> 30. I think it's like 30 they 3, cut you 000. off. Yeah. 30? Is it 30 now? I, think I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think they've they, changed. It's around 30 now. I don't even think I can even come up with 50 hashtags. I I come up with, and I just use the ones that are relevant, but that's, I'll use at least like three that are location based. And so we're in Norman right now. So I would have talked about Norman, but if we're in Midtown, we'll talk about Midtown, Deep Deuce, Auto Alley. Like we have a lot of event based things. Um, And then we'll also talk about like hashtag OKC events and then hashtag beer, if it's beer, food. and, And I just like, Sometimes I have stuff that's just about local. We have a branded hashtag, LocalitesOKC, that I also use personally if we're doing stuff for the podcast, but it's not on the podcast's feed. And so it's about getting a good mix of different things so that you're hitting people when they are searching for Oklahoma City food. Oh, well, we just happened to interview the chef of this restaurant that just opened or that just moved and opened a new version or, or whatever that is and find them with what they want when they're looking for it. Have you guys ever... Uh... <laughs> Put a post, and then within all your hashtags that are completely and totally relevant to what you're talking about, just been like, what's trending? Dave Chappelle. (laughs) I have done that. (laughs) No, because I'm morally opposed to that. Um, That is a cheat. (laughs) I've done it just to see if it works. And did it work? It kind of did. It kind of did. I don't suggest that. That that would be authentic engagement for us since we're so niche within the Oklahoma City and a surrounding area community right that like we could do that we could put money behind our posts we could boost our posts we could do whatever that is but we're pretty much hitting the local community just doing everything organically the way the right way um, <laughs> that I, I have I've done. only tried that once or twice because I thought it'd be it. funny no and I'm sure it was <laughs> that fits with what you do, though. well yeah I mean it, you know yeah, yeah it's totally on brand <laughs> <laughs> No, like whenever the Star Wars thing came out, I remember like doing. Uh, well, first of all, we do a we do a mystery science theater style Star Wars viewing, where two of the co-hosts get high. I don't. I don't smoke, but <laughs> but they are hilarious, <laughs> and I just watch them in shame. He's like, I'm funny without any substances. <laughs> no, I learned early on that God will not let me have fun. With <laughs> I cannot have fun. I've tried it. doesn't end well. I kind of turn into that screaming person in a panic. <gasps> so don't go to the dark side of all that. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> no. But watching them is really fun. But anyway, <laughs> so we, we, uh, we, we would do like topical episodes almost to jump on board the hashtag trending stuff. Like whenever the new X-Men movie came out, we actually had a sketch because now we film sketches that we release on YouTube. And uh, like, it didn't even occur to us until we actually finally got a final cut of it of like, oh, there's an actual X-Men movie coming up like in a month. Well, we know when we're releasing this monster. <laughs> well, so, so that's just strategic. <laughs> I applaud you for that one. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Keep, keep a couple episodes in the bank and right. release at the appropriate time. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, another helpful tip is to you know encourage your guests to share it too. That's that's how I've grown uh, all my shows is you know because the guests will also share it too. I think that's in our guest agreement. It is, but it does not always happen. I've, yeah. I've, I get like personally offended sometimes when some places just yes. don't feature. Like I made this really awesome video about you and you haven't shared it but on like, your social you media like yet. Yeah. That's a fear though of like, man, did you not have a good time on the show? Oh God, what did I say? What did I do? Yeah. So I think to kind of wrap this up, what keeps you going? Podcasting is, it is a lot of work contrary to uh, popular belief, you know, you're like, hey, I'm just going to record audio and put it on the internet and this is going to be great. Uh, it does take a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of planning. It takes, sometimes it takes a lot of planning. Uh, it takes some production and everyone has other lives too, right? So what keeps you going and what motivated you to keep at it? Money. <laughs> that was the best uh, joke had <laughs> all night. All right, and, and we're done. All. Thanks, thanks for watching. <laughs> dollar, dollar bills. And we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, no, in a perfect world, man. If only we could all be Joe Rogan. No, I. Um, Isn't that why you started? <laughs> I just want to be Joe Rogan, man. See, and I want to be Karen Kilgariff, so. Right, yeah. I just uh, want to be Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> I think for me, like, because we've been doing it for long enough that um, we have a nice momentum with just Okie Show Show kind of as a brand as uh, all in itself. Because, like, now we're not just podcasts. Like, now we're also sketches. And now we, we also do live events and stuff. And we do live script reads. And we do improv shows and the occasional stand-up show and that kind of thing. So it's kind of become, you know, something... Um, much to me, it feels much more important than what it was in the very beginning of like I've got a great idea. Now, now I feel like um, it's, it's like I know I have a great idea. <laughs> well, no, it's kind of like I want to like where could this thing go? You know, I mean, like we put four years into it, and we're not planning on stopping anytime soon. And our guests keep getting you know a little more known. So and some more and more famous people. You had the guy from Film Riot. Recently. Freaking yeah. Ryan Connolly on. And he's like, that was insane. Like, that was definitely, that was the season finale of our last season. And that guy, Ryan Connolly, for me, was like one of the biggest influences of my young adulthood. Like, he was one of the main guys that I watched and obsessed over his work to get into filmmaking in the first place. And now I'm sitting and talking to the guy. So it's kind of like, well, let's see where this goes. Like, let's see how this plays out. Because like every single time we talk to somebody, there is really important stuff that they, they talk about. There's the, you know, the, the fun, you know, just surface level stuff. But then there's also a lot of um, just nuggets of wisdom and uh, sources of joy and stuff that are, are much more fulfilling than I ever expected. Yeah. So to me, it's become much more of a blessing than anything. And I, you know, I just want to see where it goes. Yeah. I do agree. When you get that person coming on, you're like, wow. Uh, Why are you here? Yeah. They obviously see some value in this. And then you get that motivation internally being like, okay, I must be doing something right. Right. Yeah. I must be doing something right. All right. Yeah. Keep this going. <laughs> I've been really surprised for some of our episodes, like we just did a Route 66 episode. And for part of that, we just actually just traveled on Route 66. 
and we were you know just trying to hit up all these different places to find ghost stories like on the spot because sometimes you can google and you can kind of like get an idea but we were just surprised like how many good stories we've been getting this season uh where we just go like, hey, do you have any ghost stories? And like, well, as a matter of fact, there is some spooky <laughs> stuff going on. <laughs> and and we've, we've got yeah. some really good stories. We found you know stuff that's not published online and like we're the first place to like, sh- you know, first media outlet to kind of like talk about these ghost stories. And just kind of, so that's been like really motivating for, uh, as of late, it's just been really exciting. But we do have kind of a sort of an end game in plan, so... Ooh, to be revealed. Ooh. <laughs> Gonna pull a Breaking Bad season six. <laughs> El Camino coming out soon. Six seasons in a movie. Yeah. Well, kind of like what Brian was saying, with with just like the doors that it's open for us has been really awesome because, like like she said earlier, we have always been very connected in the community and like. We do volunteer a lot, and we do like to go to events a lot. And Getting so much more free food. <laughs> He's not wrong. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been really nice for us to kind of use the podcast as an entryway to meet people that we want to meet or to meet organizations that we're interested in or things that are new that we want everyone to know more about. Um, it's been a really great platform to help spread the word about just a lot of new stuff that – isn't always the best about doing they're not always the best about promoting themselves so for us to kind of help them do that has been really rewarding i was gonna say i never feel bad and i'm sure there's some people out there core four and uh okay cider co they're super annoyed with me perpetually asking when are you going to open how's it going how's construction going but it's like we want to be there and we want to help the community find out about all of these incredible businesses that are opening up and organizations that are having these awesome fundraisers like we truly feel like i don't want to be like but we're doing a public service we're doing free marketing for them like we want we have already identified this as something that our listeners are going to be interested and want to learn more about because we are interested and we want to learn more about. So I never feel bad like reaching out to people or like bothering people and being like, hey, did you think about this yet? Hey, do you have time to, to do this yet? Because I feel like we're providing such an awesome service for them to just help them get out there. Yeah, I don't feel like people get super annoyed with me like asking for, you know, hey, can I have you on the show or anything? Can I please you know? promote your business <laughs> yeah, for free? Yeah. <laughs> Please, please come on. <laughs> Granted, I will run into people not responding because, you know, they're super busy and everything. But So you know. on the not responding, how often is too often to follow up and when do you stop? That's a good question. Well, I usually will follow up if it's been longer than a week without a response. And then if I follow up, so I'll do the initial contact. I'll follow up if it's been longer than a week. If we're really interested, I'll follow up one more time. If we don't care that much, <laughs> then we'll move on because we have our tentative list of things we want to do. So it's kind of like first choice, second choice, third choice. <laughs> like, um, but then if if we if it's more than two asks after the initial, then we just stop. Bec- or we will try to find a way like through someone else we know, like, hey, we've been trying to reach this person. Like, is there maybe someone better we should be reaching out to? Because it's not yeah, always certain channels the right like they don't respond like you know, email. Some businesses don't check their email. Some businesses have the wrong email listed places. Yeah. Or they just only on one social media that they kind of check on or they just, you know, kind of like auto post from one. So that's kind of. Tr- 
been kind of a, a struggle for me as well. You know, but I'm kind of the same way. I usually ask them, uh, I'll ask like once and then I'll wait like a week, try maybe a different method to get in touch with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I'll send I a like letter. Do, <laughs> I mean, I like to do emails. I like, I think emails more professional, but like we do stuff through Instagram messaging too. But once it becomes serious, I like to move it to email. Yes, that, that's kind of how we approach it as well. Make the initial contact and be like, let's move this conversation over to email. Yeah. And I'm Instagram, yeah, just uh, FYI, if they don't follow you, it kind of goes to their spam and it's not easily seen. So Instagram is probably yeah. one of the worst ways to reach out to somebody that you have like no connection with. For us, since we're approaching a lot more... Um, uh, now we're reaching out to a lot of like actors and um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to get like Hanson on the show now, which is like maybe, people, maybe people who have people, beer. dude. Well, and it's it's actually really interesting when you're when you're reaching out to um, kind of known people of the the weird routes that you do have to take because it's not like you can go to a website and find their contact info. A lot of times you're looking. You're trying to find their manager or their publicist or you just like tweet them and are like praying. Right. Yeah. So like we're trying to get Kara Hayward on Kara Haywood on. Um, and she she was the lead in what was the name of the there is a she was the lead in a movie that was shot up in Bartlesville. But she uh, was in a Wes Anderson movie. Um, the one with the Boy Scouts, the two kids. She was the girl. Moonlight Kingdom. Moonlight Kingdom. Yeah. So. The way that I have had to get a hold of her. <laughs> I'm going to beat you at trivia later tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm so bad with movie names, it's insane. But the way that we've had to get a hold of her is that her boyfriend is a friend of mine who is the roommate of a closer friend of mine in California. So I've had to, like, badger my bud who is just, like, in the room with her to be like, hey, you know there's a podcast that you should be on. And my prayer is that she'll be like, what? A podcast? Absolutely. Just like casually putting it on every time she comes into the yeah. room. Just like, but like play. Some of the like some of the bigger names that we've had on the show have totally been that way of just like total random, oh, I know a person who knows the person I want to get a hold of. So I'm like with Hanson, I'm friends with their old road manager, come to find out. Like it just kept popped up in conversation. And I was like, you don't say. He's neighbors with their mom. <laughs> so wow. I was like, can you talk to their mom, Mama Hansen, and get me in contact with their manager? For the love of God, if we could get Mbop on the show, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we always try to do a personal route first, if we can, um, which a lot of the, the stuff we have been able to do that. But when we're doing those kind of blind asks, that's when it can be a little more difficult. You don't want to feel like a creep. Yeah, <laughs> which ne can never be easy. feel like a creep. Although that's another positive thing for us about having a studio in like a third party space. We're not inviting people into our homes yeah. or into our office. So it is like a little less uneasy if you are interviewing a stranger. Please, please step into the back of my garage. Right, right here's yeah. my Welcome to my bedroom. My ignore ignore <laughs> yeah. these chainsaws on the wall. We will be going right through here. You go first. Please go in. <laughs> And that's why I'm portable. I just show up to where they are comfortable with or where they're at, usually. That's hoping to have a studio pretty soon. So eventually, I'm going to do the big capital campaign, have a 
Nice. Yeah. I think having the ability to do field recordings as opposed to um, like just being married to your location is an asset for that very reason of like if something doesn't work out with your location where there's a double booking that happens, which happens with us a lot because we're recording above Tower Theater. So if there's a show happening, well, I guess we can't do the interview. So we luckily, we technically have mobile equipment. We just haven't learned how to use it. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was familiar. Like, we and, want to though. We want to explore that. Yeah, but doing field recordings in their place of business or residence or whatever, you know, sometimes can can lead to really cool parts of the conversation and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, do we have any questions from the audience? Oh, it looks like you guys did a. F oh. That is a fantastic question. So the question was, how many podcasts, <laughs> or how, how familiar were you with podcasts yes. before you got started, and then did you listen to any? Wow, I can't believe I just totally blanked on that. Okay, I had you. <laughs> that happens on air sometimes. <laughs> I guess you go first then. Give us your yeah. answer. Okay, well, yeah. I am a huge podcast nerd, so I haven't listened to like the radio in probably four years. I am full on podcasts and audiobooks. I've got at least one podcast that comes out a day, especially on like Thursdays, I've got like five. Um, so that I'm like up to date on. And then when there's like a series that comes out and I have to binge the whole thing, um, it's fine. What, some of them are y'all's, um, some of them are ours, and some of them are a lot of national ones, big ones, uh, that have been going on for five, six years. And so I have been listening to podcasts for a long time. I actually took a class in college in uh, 2013 at Oklahoma State on uh, media communications and I produced video and they had me produce a podcast in GarageBand so I learned how to edit podcasts and do ambient noise and, and put different files together all into one and export it and so I got really lucky in that case and then also already just like loving podcasts and being obsessed with podcasts as a medium. And then Anna who is just my you know best friend and so along for the ride for some of that. I'll let you go for yours. <laughs> well, for me, um, I went to a college where we had a college radio station. And so I had a show on that for five out of my eight semesters in school. And it was, it was a music-based show. Um, it was an alternative indie rock radio station. But I had a show where I would also interview people or have guests on. So I kind of had that background. And but at that time, like, I don't even think I knew what podcasts were or if that was even a thing yet. This was like 08 to 2012. So your class was pretty like cutting edge on offering a class that actually talked about that because I never even realized when I was starting out with that degree that podcasting was maybe going to be something of an option one day. Um, then after that, I never listen to podcasts. Um, I still don't hardly listen to podcasts. I listen to Tales Unveiled, though, I do. And I'll listen to one-offs of things, like, randomly. But I am that terrestrial radio person. I have an HD radio on my desk at work, and I really don't listen that much. But um, sometimes I listen to stuff that my husband listens to, like, mostly Adam Carolla. 
uh, that was father. yeah the pod father. Um, just one more note on that. So for ours, uh, my background in listening to a ton of podcasts really helped us, especially when we introduced music and transitions and openers and closers. I really played off of uh, emulating some of my favorite podcasts. And so when we were deciding how to integrate, like we picked our song and then we were like, but now what do we do with it? And so figuring out how we were going to do the transitions and how we were going to edit that in, I really like copied my favorite people. That's the best way to learn. Exactly. Yeah, my background was just doing video production. So going to, you know, just from video just to straight up audio was pretty smooth for me. I listened to some of the podcasts that really inspired you know, Tales Unveiled is The Black Tapes and Solid. Welcome to Night Vale. Um, and those, uh, so I kind of listened to them for like, you know, how they did music and things. Because that's what I wanted, you know, I didn't want to be like a typical talk show. You know, I wanted to be kind of like this sort of docudrama. So I listened to a bunch of different stuff like that. And for me, um, my introduction to podcasting was Harmontown, which is, a <laughs> it's recorded in front of a live audience. So like whenever we were, Whenever like I was initially like this today, <laughs> whenever like the the original conception of the of the Oki Show show was gonna be in front of a live audience, and it was actually gonna be me and Lucas Ross. <laughs> I was gonna. He's ask super about, busy. Yeah, no, he's got a couple things going on. Yeah, the show show part of your name. Yeah, so that was that's kind of where that came from. Was that we were a show that was gonna talk about shows, but it was also gonna be the Oki Show show in front of a live studio audience. And then we realized that that would take too much uh, work to get that many people. And also, it's, it's, to me, for myself, it's kind of an arrogant notion to imagine that I can draw enough people <laughs> because nobody knows who I am. But it, it, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's, yeah, well, and that's a, like I come from, so I come from radio production and film production, but I also was a musician for many, many years and like drawing an audience. In Oklahoma, drawing an audience is freaking difficult because we're all lazy. I was going to say, <laughs> we all have to drive to get yeah, everywhere. Yeah, because we're so, so just spread like out. Super hard. Jeez, you go to New York City and like you just pop in anywhere and it's an amazing show. Here, no one has faith in anything. They're like, is it going to be good? Is it worth the drive? Yeah. <laughs> is it worth driving for an hour? Is it worth putting on pants and leaving yeah, my exactly. house? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Even if a, the drive is five minutes? <laughs> well, and also like nowadays, everybody's gotten so used to being able to sit at home and watch live streams and stuff. And so like... Without their pants. That's actually actually why my wife and I kind of stopped playing live music was because no one would put their pants on. <laughs> no one would leave their home. And it wasn't a no pants show. It so. was yeah. We did one no pants show. Fool me once. Shame on me. But uh so Harmontown was my introduction to podcasting. Uh and then I got super inspired whenever Stephen Colbert took over the late show. So like and then listening to uh, Chris Hardwick on the Nerdist podcast. I wanted to do something like that. The the improv elements of Harmontown, the you know, the talk show elements of the late show, and then the conversational elements of the nerdist show with Chris Hardwick. I just loved all of like everything about everything that they were doing. And um and then luckily coming from terrestrial radio and understanding stingers and you know intro music and like how all the production that goes into putting a show together i already knew how to do all that and then i knew how to through film production um experience how to make it even better uh that's where it all came from originally nice 
Any other questions? I guess that's a wrap. I guess everybody will plug our things real fast. Uh, Talesandveil.com. You can listen to new episodes every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. We are Localites OKC on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Gmail, and .com, and you can listen to new episodes every Thursday. And myself and my ghost co-host here are with Okie Show Show, and you can find us online at okieshowshow.com or Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Okie Show Show. Or you can just check me out on Facebook and be like, why are you saying that on <laughs> Facebook? And troll me, which is awesome. what happens <laughs> awesome. all the time. And... <laughs> I'm Nabil with a co-host of the OKC Foodcast and co-host of Talking Real. And you can find that on Instagram, Facebook, and online. So um, thank you, panelists. I think this was a very enlightening conversation. And until next time. All right. That's it for Art and Victory. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having Bye. us. Bye. Bye.